0: You know, we have a lot of celebrations on the Catholic Church calendar. It can seem a bit complicated, right? Uh, we've got the Memorials of Saints. We've got quite a few different celebrations in honor of Mary under all of our different titles. And we've got things like Christmas. And some of these, especially Christmas, they can involve some pretty big and significant celebrations. Families getting together, having big meals, traveling... We worship together. It's great. But not all feasts are created equal. What we celebrate today is the biggest feast of the year. It's Easter. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Easter, in fact, the Catechism tells us, is not simply one feast among others, but the feast of feasts. It is the solemnity of solemnities. St. Athanasius calls Easter the Great Sunday. And I think rightfully so. Why is that? Because on Easter, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. (laughs) Pretty big deal. In fact, it lends credibility to everything else he said and did and continues to do in the world now through his church. Unfortunately, though, Many people don't take Jesus seriously or maybe they've grown lukewarm. Some want to reduce Jesus's resurrection to a myth, you know, kind of just a living on in our memories or in the rituals of our churches. But these people haven't read the or at least understood the scriptures. Because scripture makes it clear Jesus really did die, and he really did rise from the dead. Let's take a look at these readings. In our first reading, St. Peter is sharing the gospel with Gentiles, with, with foreigners. And his first words are, You know. You know what has happened all over Judea. They already knew something about it. So news had already spread to the nearby nations, because these are foreigners, right? News had already spread around that something big had happened in Jerusalem. Peter then told of Jesus' crucifixion and his death, and he continued saying, this man God raised on the third day. And to make sure they didn't dismiss this news as kind of a gossip or just a myth, Peter explained that God granted that he be visible not to all people, but to us, the witnesses chosen by God in advance, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He and the apostles knew Jesus had risen from the dead. They ate with him. They touched him. They spoke with him. They even saw his wounds from the crucifixion. This man had died and yet, amazingly, was right there alive. The man who claimed to be God and was killed for making that claim came back from death. Maybe he was telling the truth. Paul likewise defended the historical reality of Jesus' resurrection in 1 Corinthians when he wrote, For I handed on to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, that he appeared to Kephas, then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers at once, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. After that, he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, Last of all, as to one born abnormally, he appeared to me. St. Paul is saying, hey, if you don't believe me, you can go check with these guys. They were there. That's not something you say if you're just speaking symbolically or making something up. Suddenly, this crucified man's claims to be God, as I said, seems a lot more credible. And if that's not enough, Consider how the apostles had incredible zeal following their encounters with the risen Christ. Today's gospel reading ended by stating that Peter and John, after visiting the empty tomb, did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. They didn't quite get it. Subsequent verses tell of how the apostles seemed kind of unsure what to do next. They cowered in a locked room, hiding out of fear for their lives. After all, their leader, Jesus, had been murdered. They feared that they would be next. But then Jesus returned and visited them. And then they understood. God had a mission for them, and now they got it. They were going to be his instruments for the construction of a worldwide church that would endure until the end of time. These men were suddenly transformed and they showed outstanding courage. God was with them. They traveled the known world and endured many treacherous adventures. You can read about them in the New Testament, the amazing voyages of St. Paul. Adventures that ended, by the way, in martyrdom. For almost all of them. They died rather than deny Jesus Christ. I mean, think, would St. Paul have endured being shipwrecked, stoned, imprisoned repeatedly, and executed, all for a Messiah whom he followed, but then who died and stayed dead? No, of course not. St. Paul would have moved on with his life. He would have said, I guess I was wrong about Jesus. Now I'm going to go back to my old job, right? No, that's not what happens. Instead, the zeal of the apostles testifies to the truth of their message. These men had not merely encountered an inspiring man who then died. They had encountered the living God, the living God made flesh who died and rose. All of this somehow part of God's bigger plan. Peter explained that Jesus had commissioned him and the apostles to preach to the people, to tell them that Jesus is, quote, the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead, and that to him all the prophets bear witness, that everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness through his name. Quite a claim. And to bring this forgiveness of sin to the whole world, Jesus established the church, the Catholic church. We see at the very end of John's gospel and in the acts of the apostles, how this early church began to take shape. Peter was given the commission to feed my sheep along with the power to forgive sins. In other words, Peter became the first Pope, and this Catholic Church, founded by Jesus 2,000 years ago, became a real, concrete institution in the world. And it still exists. Here we are. It will exist until the end of time, because Jesus has not abandoned us. As Jesus once said to Peter, I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. The church continues Christ's work in time, and through it, Jesus still lives and is among us. He's he's among us within us, right? Within one another. Christ lives in us, the baptized. But he is even more so present in the Holy Eucharist. Right there in the tabernacle, where he abides in our churches always. St. Paul once wrote that if Christ has not been raised, your faith is vain. Christ didn't come back from death. Your belief in him means nothing. It's false. It's wrong. It's powerless. But Christ has been raised, and on this we can rely. And what good news that is. It's the greatest news. That's why we celebrate it in our greatest feast day of the entire year. Let us have confidence in Jesus Christ, who conquered death so that we might live. And then let us go out into the world and live as zealous Christians, who seek what is above, not what is on earth, and share this good news with others. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.